Have you ever thought about what your mailman has for breakfast? Have you ever wondered what your neighbor's favorite song is? And do you ever look at someone and think, I bet they have a story to tell? Well, welcome to Ordinary Interesting, where we will ask all of those questions. And more. As we bring out the interesting in ordinary people. Well, welcome to Ordinary Interesting. This is Chris. I'm Michael. And uh, yeah, this this is just you and me today, man. We're just chilling. Yeah. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. It's been almost six months. Uh, we sent our last episode back in September, which mm-hmm. was really good. And we just took a break. You know, we yeah. had stuff going on. And I had a baby. You had a big life event. You sure did. Right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I didn't have a baby. My wife had the baby, but we collectively have a new child in our lives. Wait, so you you didn't give birth to the child yourself? You you didn't give birth to it? I was a part of the the experience. But yes. <laughs> I hope you would be. <laughs> but no, I did not I did not personally give birth to wow. to my daughter. No. I feel like you should have tried harder. I mean What? To have to have, have your, the baby. Have myself? your wife do all that work? You should have tried harder. Like, come on. I mean tried harder? I don't know how I could have tried harder, Michael. <laughs> It's a baby. Like it goes in a woman's body and uh-huh. it's her responsibility. Is this the birds and the bees? Is like the post birds and the bees conversations that we're doing right now? I guess so, because apparently you don't know how biology works. Look, I just I just want you to be a, a good dad and a good person. That's all I want. Just just try as hard as you can. That. If that means that you can have the kid come shooting out of you, then by all means that's what should happen. I mean so. Yeah, sure. I mean I'm sure there's there's there are people where that happens, but not us. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. So weird. Okay. Yeah. Moving yes. on. So yeah, it's it's been almost you know, six months since we birthed uh, our last episode. Speaking of birth, <laughs> with labor pains, that one was. Um, you know, so we just <laughs> wanted to kind of come back at you with some new content and. I was going to strip it down a little bit and just, uh, we're just going to talk today and just kind of, kind of yeah. riff a little bit and, and just share and catch up on stuff. And yeah, so it's going to be awesome. I hope it will be. I mean, heck, we're both you're, exhausted, you're so. interesting and we're both pretty ordinary dudes. So, I mean, yes. you know, that's, we are that's both what this ordinary podcast and interesting. is about. And I think the thing for people to know is like the show is, it won't always be interviews. Sometimes it will just be us, you know, chilling and shooting mm-hmm. the shit and hanging out. And yes, that's very exactly. much what this episode's going to be. And if you don't like that kind of thing, um, feel free to jump on to another show. But um, yeah, we're just going to sit here and chat and hopefully you'll enjoy the conversation too. Yes. Well, I am high off of my like third bottle of water in the past 20 minutes. So I have been chugging away over here <laughs> trying to get that H2O, you know, mm-hmm. do that or wine. So. Yeah, well, I mean, probably better to go with the water. <laughs> That's what my doctor says. So, you know, <laughs> science. Okay, so let's just jump into it. So, I want to know, Chris, what makes you interesting? What makes me interesting? Yeah, I mean, Man. I know. I know lots of interesting things about you. Um, I mean, <laughs> probably more than I care to share on the podcast. Just. <laughs> That's but, why I'm giving you the chance to share with the whole world what makes you interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, where where do I even begin with that? I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I'm me. Like, 
that's interesting enough. I think, I don't know. Like for me, I, I'm an independent business owner. I, I produce podcasts for a living. This funny enough is what I do professionally now, not talking, but it's editing the cleanup, all the fun stuff that you don't see that make these podcasts sound the way they do, which yes, they actually sounded even worse than what you heard in the past two episodes <laughs> when we started. Um, so that's, that that's its own crazy adventure right there. And, and getting into that world, learning more about that world. I mean, Michael, this is probably another part of the conversation we can come back to, but one of the things that I've realized is that um, like I'm kind of becoming a little bit of a like knowledgeable person within the podcast space. And mm -hmm. that to me is really weird. It is kind of strange. What's well, that weird? It, how is it weird? Yeah. Why? It's, well, I mean, you know, everybody's got imposter syndrome and when you get into a business, you don't know how like people are going to, treat you if they're going to like your product if they're going to like what you're doing and you know there's there's just this anxiety behind like am i going to be found out to be a total fraud and a bad person and bad at what they do but you know at the end of the day like i've i've managed to build a successful business so far on mm -hmm. this you know on what we do and what we do for our clients and i'm clearly not a fraud i mean i know what i'm doing with the business side of things it's the podcasting it's the industry it's you know what's my street cred in the industry i mean if i really want to pull up my street cred in podcasting i can say my first podcast was in 2006 on a little podcast called letters to america that was the one i actually got to be a guest on and kind of the the focus of the episode if you will and it totally opened my eyes to um what podcasting could be and the guy who did it, shout out to Jet Low. If you happen to listen to this, I don't know that you will, but I always, I always like to give him props because he was the guy who really opened my eyes to what podcasting could be. He was mm -hmm. a BBC producer and director for some stuff over in Belfast, Ireland, and that's where he got his start. And kind of long story short, he ended up in nashville tennessee and when he was there he did his podcast letters to america while he was overseas and an expatriate living abroad and then when he came back to the states he was like i want to keep this up and i want to keep going i was listening that whole time and said hey i'll be a guest on your show and here's what we'll do if you come to chattanooga tennessee because i was in college at the time and he said oh that sounds fun let's do it and so we did and we he came down we recorded um you know, a podcast together and it just blew my mind. And so that's, that's what got me started. So if anybody asks like, what's your street credits? Like, yeah, it goes back to 2006 when podcasts were barely a thing. And mm. I was a guest on a pretty popular podcast at the time. And that was fun. So did that. And then from there, yeah, I've just really, um, really learned and grown in the space over time, but it's been slow and I didn't go to broadcasting school. I'm, I'm not a, like a, I didn't go to school, like a technical school to learn how to edit audio. I've learned it all on my own. And then I've brought in people who are better than me at it to help produce and develop and, and continue to um, grow the business from there. So it's a cool thing to be a part of. And it's a cool thing to, you know, to be able to, to say that you do for a living. So, yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Yeah, well, that's really cool. I mean, I, I remember I, I knew you long before you were doing the podcast thing. You've always been in the digital space professionally. On some level, yeah. Technical, digital, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely been a lot more um, of the corporate world, big corporations, things like that. And uh, it's been really cool to watch you kind of branch out on your own and kind of build something that's yours. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have a successful business. So that's awesome. I'm super proud of you, man. That's great. No, thank I've you. heard some of your thank podcasts you. and they're really good. They're produced very, very well. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. We, we do our best to make them good. It is not always easy, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. Yeah. What makes you interesting, Michael? I don't know anything that makes you interesting. Oh, I'm just, I'm generally just really just boring. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I I think I'm pretty interesting. Um, You know, it's not so much on the professional job front. I've always kind of been a a corporate and managerial type guy and I worked in several large corporations and done well with that stuff. But, you know, I I have evolved a lot. And I, I met you back, I think it was like 2011, 2010. We can kind of share that story about how we met. That was mm-hmm. really fun. Um, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm, you know, in the past five years, you know, I moved from Knoxville, Tennessee, which is where I met you, mm-hmm. to where I live now, which is in, in the Indianapolis, Indiana area. And, um, you know, that whole journey has been quite a lot for me. You know, I, I came out of the closet back in 2015. Um, you were really a big part of that. Um, really grateful mm-hmm. for just your friendship and how that all that went. Uh, we can go over that more in depth a little bit later on. But, sure. you know, I, I've my journey has really been one of self-discovery and uh, self-acceptance and kind of learning about who I am. And, you know, I came from a very uh, conservative Christian background, um, definitely was uh, really big into that when I was younger as a kid and kind of growing up. And, you know, and I, I still really cherish that part of my life, but I've kind of come out of that and have progressed in some areas that I'm really proud of. And now, I mean, I'm, I'm just a guy who I work really hard at my job. I enjoy it. You know, but also I'm kind of getting into uh, photography. I'm beginning, beginning a photography business that I really love, and I'm learning how to photo edit, which I'm finding I'm really good at and really enjoy. Yeah, so I just, I, I really am on a path of, or I just want to call it a, a, a genesis of self, right? It's it's this whole beginning of discovering who I am and, and expounding on those things, just allowing myself to lean into those, whether it be art or profession or ways to make money or just ways to express myself in lots of different areas. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. So that's, and that's a lot of general things, but you know, I think that's what makes me interesting. I don't think everybody's on that journey. I think a lot of people kind of fall into, to no fault of their own, they kind of fall into this path of they do the same thing for a long time mm-hmm. and don't really break out of that. And I, I want to be someone who is continually evolving. It's always going through growing pains because those growing pains, you know, make me stronger. They make me better. You know, nothing in life ever comes that's worthwhile without some kind of tension. Tension always creates something. And so I want to be the kind of person where the tension in my life propels me onto bigger and better things. So that's what I'm really trying to accomplish right now. So that's a very lofty answer to your question. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of where I'm at. I, I kind of like it. So I, I kind of want to share the story of how I met you back in 2011. Yes, please, please do, I, I because think... I think you remember it better than I do. Every time you share it, I'm like, oh, that's how we met? Okay. Cool. Anyways, continue, please. Yeah. So Chris and I, um, you know, we, we met at a 
a very large evangelical church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I had been going there for a little while before, um, you know, Chris joined uh, a young adult group that I was part of, and we kind of got to become friends a little bit. It wasn't in, in anything really intense or anything super deep for a little while, you know, but then we just started talking a little bit at some of these functions we would go to through this young adult group, and we both seemed to have, I don't even know how you would describe it, but the same sense of like, weird like ways to connect and so like our our first time we hung out together was in his parents basement uh his the basement of his parents house um and we we played was it halo black ops is that what it was with when you kill zombies yes it was right yes games and it had zombies (laughs) yes it had zombies the first time we had hung out hung out like it was yeah like not in the gathering which was the name of right. our church group like it wasn't in the gathering we were hanging out it was like hey let's actually one-on-one connect and hang right. out and play yes. games yes that yes. was our first solo okay. hang and <laughs> yeah, i guess it was yeah okay it was our yeah because I, I won't forget this until i die right so and maybe in the afterlife <laughs> who knows uh, <laughs> so but it was just so like because i've always had this thing where i never i, I never thought that anybody understood or would accept the weird crap that happens in my mind. Like I just, cause I just have some weird brain patterns that nobody understands really. And then here I find this friend um, mm-hmm. who has, <laughs> we kind of connected similarly just on like, we enjoy bizarre humor and things like that. And so, you know, so again, we were hanging out in his, his the basement of his parents' house where he was living at the time. And we played Halo Black Ops. No, and, Halo. Remember, remember? no Call of Duty. Black Call of Ops. Duty. Let's right. That's right. Right, but I'm okay. Okay, I'm not a gamer. I got confused. All the gamers Clearly. are losing their minds right now. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Call of Duty Black Ops. Honestly, mm. we were killing zombies. Okay, that's what we're doing. So, and remember, what we were listening to because this is what makes it. Oh yes. Now, once you once you said that, I was like, oh yes. It was one of one of uh-huh. my favorite memories too, man. Like, yeah, right? we were we were listening to the Green Album, which was a collection of <laughs> Muppets songs. <laughs> So we were listening yes, to, it was. Um, you know, what was it? The, uh, the rainbow, uh, yes. somewhere over the rainbow, but, um, rainbow, rainbow connection. We're listening to <laughs> rainbow connection and blasting zombies. Yeah, it, it was, was absolutely glorious. Like it was so much fun. Um, we had stuffed our faces with pizza from mellow mushroom. Shout out to that place. If you've ever been there, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Check it out. If it's in your area. Um, and we went back to his parents' basement and sat there on the couch and listened to, you know, the Muppets while <laughs> just shooting the hell out of zombies. And it was the best time ever. It was just so we, – we both just had this yeah. acceptance about, like, yeah, this is normal. Like, this is like this yeah, is completely this fine. Is, I, don't know why, I don't know why anybody else doesn't do this, right? Like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> so That, that um, is right. Yeah, but it was just – it was a really good memory because, you know – when you're involved with a large church, community is so important. And one good thing mm-hmm. about the church we were going to is they really emphasize community. Hence this group that we met in, you know, but being able to forge connections with people outside of those groups um, and kind of strengthen those on a one-on-one basis is so important. And, you know, I was really working on doing that and meeting Chris was, I mean, awesome because we were still friends today and it's been, I mean, now what, 11 years already. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> so that was our our first um, 
ordinary thing that we did that was interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. right? That, that's we made exactly, it both ordinary and interesting, if we're being we honest. Sh- we sure did. There's nothing um, more ordinary than two dudes just playing video games after eating pizza. But the interesting mm-hmm. thing is what we're listening to, which was the Muppet soundtrack. So that is yes. just, yeah, absolutely yeah. classic. I remember that into the afterlife, most definitely. It it was a it was an experience I'll never forget. It was it was really fun. <laughs> you know, and then um I don't remember was was your wife uh at that point was she I think you weren't married at this point, but was she still living up in Lexington at that point yeah. or was she okay? She was. Um the interesting part of my story at that point in life was I had graduated college, I'd gone off to to find my way in the world and gotten a professional job and then um, you know, I own my own business, so I don't care if anybody hears this in the future. Um, I got fired from that job, which is its own crazy story. The The TLDR on that was it was kind of inevitable. And I was kind of just put in a situation where my boss screwed me over and was like, you're going to get fired. That's um, very true. There was there was really no way around it. And so I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'll just let it happen. And it was during, I guess it was still like when unemployment benefits were really good. And so I got good unemployment. I tried to start my own business at that time. I tried to start a couple of businesses at that time. None of which really worked out, but one brought me back to Knoxville. And that's why I was here. And my, my girlfriend, now my wife at the time was still up in Kentucky, but yeah, she was, she was up there still. And she come down and visit and she met you. I know it at that time. Um, mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. What did she think of me when she first met me? I don't think you ever told me this. Like, what was her first impression of me? I, I need she to hear. I'm nice. curious. I mean, there, there really wasn't, there was nothing, there was nothing special said. I mean, you were a friend <laughs> and we were in our finger. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like it was very, uh, I'm was sure. Like, yeah. yeah. I was really trying. I was not like letting my entire like self be known at that point. So I was very much like just being the nice guy. Like that's pretty Mm -hmm. much what I was. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you, you saw behind the veil a little bit of who I really was this weird dude who likes to play, like listen to children's soundtracks while shooting zombies. Like only, only Mm -hmm. you knew that very few people did. Yeah. That was, that was your big secret. And, and <laughs> it was I, my biggest. I tried. I tried hard not secret. to tell anybody in the church about that because I knew they'd be a, they'd be upset about us listening yeah. to the Muppets soundtrack. It's so secular. Um, but you know what? So like that's funny because there probably would be some sort of like eyebrows raised, like ooh, like is something <laughs> wrong? Like do we need? And I, okay, I'm not at all trying to say something derogatory about Christian faith or the church, but I feel like. Just in that climate, they, they would look at that like, oh, well, something is off center <laughs> with you. So I don't know, just feel like that would be a thing. Don't you think so a little bit? I mean, come on. I mean, people really Michael, knew- we, we both grew up in that culture. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Honestly, I don't think so. I knew enough. I had enough conservative Christian friends to wear like violent video games, not a problem. Generally, mm. the Muppets in most circles were not a problem <laughs> until it was owned by Disney. Then it was too secular. <laughs> That's true. And then, you know, that was the devil's music. We got to boycott Disney because of the gays and all that crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. Now, okay. Do you think it would be different if we were listening to the Veggie Tales soundtrack versus the Muppet soundtrack? That would be 100% acceptable. While, while like, Killing zombies, like seeing as blood long as splattering. We were like high school or older, it wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> high school or older, yeah. we were, so that's good. And we were, yeah, we were in our twenties. I mean, you know, <laughs> yes. t- 
totally normal thing to do for. Oh my gosh, our twenties, uh, twenty something so, males. We're so old now. Our twenties. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're in yeah. our mid thirties now. So that was <sighs> quite a. Uh, Don't I know. Me. This is de- over a decade ago. I know. So crazy. Yeah. Uh, we- I will I will say, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like the weird thing for me about being in that church group was that I came in while being in a relationship and I was yeah. never available. I can see that. Never yeah. available during that time and right. never honestly, never even really thought about it. Like, right. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, no offense to any of it. But, but like, no, no, seriously, like I never, I never was in a place where it was like, oh, somebody else might be a good match for me here. Right. Like, well, that's, I I'm just, happy I you didn't like, think that. I, I know, I know. Yeah. Me, me too in the long run. But, you know, it was like I was moving back home. Oh, like there yeah. was all these, you know, it was like, who knows? I mean, that was a concern of Bahar's when I moved down yeah. was like, you know, new girls and all this stuff. And I was like, babe, really, there's nobody in this group I'd even, even even Tim to me but so we just start yeah. naming all the women now who are in that group and just <laughs> I'm not even gonna say I'm not know, even gonna say know, and if any few women listen um you all are awesome and, and you I all are married now against anybody. so yeah and I just I just remember several times throughout the group just being like the fly in the wall and going thank god I got a relationship thank god yeah. I don't have to well, worry about any of this drama you know that's another reason why I think you and I connected is because we okay, so I feel like at least 50 60 percent of the people, young adults in that group, the primary reason was to get paired off or to date or to yes. find someone, which is fine. I mean, yeah. that's fine. I mean, that's, I'm just saying it was it was freeing. That's yeah, the main point of that. Exactly. Like, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's why I think that we connected is because. Neither one of us were looking for that. I mean, I for different reasons than you, but still, <laughs> similar, right? Well, <laughs> similar. Hey, but you, you had a you had a girlfriend during uh, some of that. I sure did. The That's girlfriend or two or three or no, just the one. Just, just the, the one. one. Just the one. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole other thing. Um, but <laughs> but that's, like that's like a whole episode of the whole. Itself. <laughs> that would be a great episode. That's another reason why I'm super interesting. We can go over yes. that. But anyway, mm. so. What I was saying is, I think that we connected over that. It helped build our relationship as as close friends because we were not in the group for that reason. I mean, I was genuinely there for connection with other young adults who were my age who were in the church. I wasn't looking to date or get in a relationship or get married at that point. I mean, I, I wasn't. I mean, I, I was struggling with things on my own end, but I wasn't there for that reason. You weren't either. And so I think we kind of had a companionship in that we saw the group and went through it in a different way than a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I enjoyed yeah. her time there. Like, I, I really did. Like, it was, I remember, you know, I met your wife and that was really fun. You're, you're now wife. And yes. um, then I was, oh my gosh, I was the usher in your wedding the next year. You were. I mean, we became good friends. Yes. To, we to sure did. All, upgraded all the way to Usher so quickly. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, Usher, okay, you know what? Okay, listeners out there, if you've ever been in a wedding, if you were the Usher, so <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, I'm trying to like think of how to say this. Being an Usher is weird because you feel, I've been an Usher in, in several weddings before, not just yours, but I feel like being an Usher is kind of like you're in the overflow room of the wedding party. But that's what it feels like because you're not mm. really a groom's person. You're more like the grunt man while wearing the matching tuxedo that everybody else is wearing. So you're still wearing the formal wear, 
mm-hmm. uh, when you're in some of the pictures, but you're kind of like, I mean, in your case, I was one who walked the tiny grandma, the super tiny grandma Grand down the aisle. That's mm-hmm. right. I mean, like an errant wind could blow her away. So thank goodness <laughs> that I'm super huge. She <laughs> could hold on to. I know. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that was a nice wedding. It was really fun. It was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. It so, was a good time. Yes, and, but I also um, want to take this opportunity yeah. as well on a podcast to say, hopefully you're not going to listen to this, but Men's Warehouse, uh-uh. like just remember that. Remember Men's Warehouse? I I mean I remember Men's Warehouse, but you did you have trouble? I oh, can't remember oh, your yeah. problems. Tell me. Yeah. So like, okay, I'm not a small person. Like I'm a I'm a larger dude. I'm a gentleman of size. Mm-hmm. And um, men's great warehouse, stature. great stature, exactly. I'm Rubenesque figure, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, men's warehouse. I mean, they're a national chain, so they should be able to get. I went in for a fitting, several fittings actually, to get the suit mm-hmm. right. And um, you know, they sent this. I don't remember if they sent it to you or sent it to me. I forgot how that went, but I got it regardless. And the pants fit, shoes were right. All the accessories were right, but the jacket was like one and a half sizes too small. I don't know if you remember this. Mm, and it I think was, it's coming back to me. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. I mean, I, I could barely, I was like, you know, Mr. Incredible hooking out of the thing all day long. And it was just really, and it was hot that day. It was a whole, th- <laughs> I just, just want to like, relive my men's warehouse trauma for just a second that's all that was about we can move on now i just wanted to just for therapy reasons just air my grievances but i'm good now we can move on oh man that reminds me of a men's warehouse adventure i had that's definitely for another show (laughs) are they still popular now like i don't feel like i see them around much anymore uh yeah i mean they're still they're still in knoxville they're still right by cabrew west i have no idea what that is Cabrew, it's uh, it's like the is that a new thing. No, Cabrew's been around Knoxville for quite a while. Um, mm, okay. Their coffee shop in town, lots of people like them. They're 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 popular with um, the church crowds. Yeah, wait, Christian so it's it's moved from Panera Bread to Cabrew. Oh, because I mean, if you're if you're cool and you know things, like Cabrew is where you go. Okay, because I feel like Panera Bread was. The like authorized coffee shop of the evangelical church. At least it was when I was there. Like uh, there. all all the meetings they had. Let's go to Panera Bread and pull out the church card. If that was a whole thing. Like if they had a membership there, like come have some, you know, almost stale Asiago cheese bread with some, you know, old packaged chicken salad. I don't know. That was. You know, it's very much the the church. It still is, but like, you know, it's like for the the young college crowd. Like, oh, I was at Cabrew and and God spoke to me. Oh, uh, oh, okay, I see. You know, or I had a I had my breakup at Cabrew. Is kind of kind of how it goes. <laughs> I I actually I actually had some drama. Is that at that thing where like you're you're looking in your beer and you 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 see like you know the the face of Jesus in your beer foam? Is it like that kind of thing? Well, not in your beer foam, but in your in your coffee and your latte foam. Oh, I see. Is okay, where, well, okay. So I was thinking for a reason. Okay, but but yeah, like they they would totally have someone try to do that kind of art. And yeah, the the crazy thing, like like in terms of drama at Cabrew, my favorite moment ever. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite moments ever in my in my adult life was at that 
um, downtown K Brew. I'm still working and working and working, and all of a sudden, I hear my sister's name mentioned by a guy sitting next to me. And he starts talking, and he's talking to his friend, and they're having this serious conversation. And I hear my sister's name again, and I'm trying to pay attention. And I'm trying to pay attention and I just keep working and working and all of a sudden I hear my sister's name again and I'm like, okay, this is weird. And they get up to leave. And before they get up to leave, I'm like, hey, are you? And I say the guy's name and he's like, yeah. It's like, oh, you're dating my sister. <laughs> you wait, hold on a second. How like, long have they been I, it dating? Was a guy, it was a guy that my sister had just started dating. She had not introduced us to. I had seen a picture of him and like I started to pick up that it was him and he was having this really serious conversation and I totally caught him out on it because he had not been introduced to me. Didn't know. I was like, and I'm Alyssa's brother. And he oh just like the blood rushed out of his face. <laughs> <laughs> and he was super embarrassed. And that he was like, oh, nice Did to you stare meet him down? you. Oh, yeah. And apparently, like, I really wasn't paying any attention to what they were saying. I was trying to mm-hmm. give them their privacy and listen to my headphones and just ignore him but apparently he was like talking about like how to continue the relationship and all this stuff i won't get into the drama it's my sister's personal life i don't want to you know dredge that up but it was they did not end up together um soon after that (laughs) wow okay well k-brew's where it all went down yeah k-brew's where it all goes down that's what i'm saying I don't think I've ever been there. Like, maybe I have. I just forgot. Like, it's been a long time since I've even been back. It has been a couple of years. You know the craziest um, thing about Gabriel, though? What? They require you to sign a non-compete as a barista. What? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. W- why? They They don't want you going to other coffee shops in town and working. So they're just a jealous... They're just jealous. They they want mm-hmm. you. They want you for all for all of themselves. Greedy all of themselves. brewers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they pay okay. lower than most places in town too. From what oh, I hear, so, so that's awful. So it's like it's okay. Really? So you're gonna get paid less, but you can't work anywhere else in the same profession. Yeah, because you've signed a non compete, and if you go anywhere else, they'll I, I guess sick a lawyer on you, which I don't understand because lawyers you pay like. 250 three four i've seen you know thousands of dollars you know per hour just to retain one and you're gonna pay that person you know less than fifteen hundred dollars like no. for, no, for the personal salary is, gonna, is less than what they would have to pay out anyway right. for the lawyer I mean. so it just it's makes pointless. sense it's gonna see a thing is an at will state i don't think they they can just do it. I don't. That's weird, though. Like it just seems so. Oh, it's cultish. If, like, if you're if you're gonna be exclusive, if you're gonna ask for exclusivity, right? You mm-hmm. should pay people for that. Like you should pay. Yeah. To retain, like I've had many conversations with people lately about service workers and servers and braces and things. Is that we are doing a disservice to ourselves as consumers by perpetuating this culture of underpayment for these kind of services because we're getting we're getting the less of the services because we're not paying them so we need to do better in this country about paying essential people um and treating them as if they are actually professionals because baristas work really hard like it's not easy you know making sure they get your you know non you know fat almond milk you know mocha chaka laka whatever you know just right like it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work yeah 
let's pay well, them like they matter. Well, I mean, it, it just speaks to a culture of like insecurity yeah. and in fear and just unfrankly unprofessionalism. Like I, I don't like I don't know why you would be so worried about turnover that you would create a non-compete. I know there's a backstory behind it with somebody like maybe leaving for another mm-hmm. um another job or something, but like in hurting yeah. their business, I guess. But like, dude, if that one person's gonna kill you, then you've you've not run your business the right way. Um, it just seems superfluous to me. Like it just seems pointless yeah. and over mm-hmm. the top. But it is. Anyway, anyway, anyways, but anyways, yeah. So I, I it's a weird you place. <laughs> there, Knoxville is almost like a vortex. At least it was for me when I was living there. Of you know, you would go to the grocery store or you would go to the mall. Or you would go, whatever, downtown to Gay Street or Market Square, the school places, and you would always see someone that you knew. To the point when I remember, even if I was going to go to the grocery store, I was just going to wear like sweatpants and just, I would always think I've got to not look a mess because I'm going to see someone I know. I just knew it was going to happen. Whereas here in Indianapolis, I mean, it's a much bigger city. It's a, it's a metropolis. It's diverse. Very, very different. But, like, I can just blend in. I, I don't ever see the same person twice, ever. It just doesn't ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did all of the time in Knoxville. So it's, just, it's very interesting culture there, which has its pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is a cultural vortex in a, in a weird, weird way. So, yeah, I would agree. So I live in Carmel, Indiana, which is the very, mm-hmm. very bougie northern suburb of Indianapolis. I mean, Carmel, mm-hmm. Indiana, um, I think from what I read a while ago, I think it's one of the top, I think it's one of the six richest cities in the United States. It's not very big, but it's a suburb of Indianapolis. But, I mean, we have, billionaires have homes here, and we have, I mean, I think the average hey, income- billionaires have homes in Knoxville, too. Well, I'm, I'm sure they do. Um, but the crazy thing about here is that, like, the average income, I think, here, last time I read it was, I think, something around, um, I think it was, like, almost 60000 was the average income. The average. Wow. Which is insane. Like, that yeah. is, <laughs> that's crazy. That's nuts. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I live right by a really fancy shopping district. It's actually called the Arts and Design District. So, there's all these fancy shops and restaurants and galleries and things. It's, it's very nice, but I could just get used to, you know, walking or driving on the street and seeing a Maserati, you know, or, you know, people dressed in Louis Vuitton and, mm-hmm. you know, all like it's just it's common. Like it's just it's a common thing. There are valets who are parking these cars I've never heard of. I saw a Lotus there once, which was insane. Um, I've seen Bugattis. I've seen a couple of Rolls Royces there. Like, it's just crazy. Fun fun little spoiler for you. Lotus is not that expensive of a car. How expensive? Uh, You can find one used for about 30 to 40. Remember when you you tried so hard to get me to buy, what was it? It was an Alfa Romero. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You said you you loved cars and you liked the looks of them. And Chris was like, oh, you should buy an Alfa. Like, I mean, which, okay, an Alpha, you can get one for like 35000 But the maintenance on these things, I looked it up, is just like, I'm not, I'm not going to spend $3,000 for an oil change. Like, I'm 3000 
I mean, I've seen some things like these cars require like you you can't first of all, okay, you can't just take it to Bob's Fix It Shop. You got to take it to the Alpha dealership, which you're mm-hmm. gonna pay out the ass for all their extra stuff. We're gonna pay for all that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so you have to also take it in for like routine. I think it was twice a year checkups, and these cost multiple thousands of dollars. Where I mean, they check everything. I mean, that's good. I mean, I drive a Toyota now, so I'm used to like. You're not having any maintenance or having it cost not very much. But mm-hmm. this is insane. I mean, I make decent money, but I don't want to spend it all on a repair for a car. That's just me. But. I mean, yeah. But then you, you miss out on the magic of things like what happened to me with my BMW where I had a some random car issue and I had all this money saved up to buy a Bahara ring and um, the car issue basically ate the ring. Yeah, that sounds magical. Real magical. Yeah, it was magical. Yeah. It kept me from proposing to my wife in Istanbul. So yeah. I bet you wish you had a Toyota Camry, don't you? No. <laughs> Did Absolutely you hear? not, no. <laughs> Come on. No, you know what? I... Okay, so I don't understand why everybody craps all over Camrys. They are I mean, amazing cars. cars. You, you've made fun of every car I've had. Huh. Yes, you have. Oh, yeah. Do, do not. De- yes, you have. Do not deny it. Like, I will be honest. I've had a couple of doozies. Okay. I've, I've had a couple. I've been through a lot of cars. Okay. I more or less give you, I, I more or less give you crap because you, you buy something and then like two minutes later, you've rethought your decision and you take it back. But not a car. Not a car. No. Really? No. Really? No. No. Listen, all those cars I had. What either about the Rogue? The Rogue I had that for what six months. I there had it for a little go. while. That's close enough. That's close okay, enough for the car. Okay, so that was the one car I had that was a poor decision. Every other car I had had something wrong with it. That mm. was, or I crashed it. <laughs> like that's every. No, there's that too. Well, you know, and some of that was not my fault. Like most of them were not my fault. Like remember mm. the really bad accident I had? Like that was not my fault. Most mm-hmm. of this was not. But you know, I'm smart enough you know, to buy cars that have low maintenance and <laughs> everybody teases me for this, but like, I just don't want, I don't need a fancy, I don't know. I just, I don't need a, a fancy car with all the repairs. As long as it gets me from point A to point B, then we're good. Although I may buy a new car this year. Like I've been talking about it and I might buy an actual brand new car, like for the first time that may happen. I'm looking at CRVs. Mm. <laughs> stop it mm-hmm. stop it stop it mm-hmm. yeah just you know what okay just say it just say it come on what no no just, no, no just say it <laughs> you're biting your tongue right now come on everybody can hear it it's you a can cool hear car. You, you'll love it you'll, love you'll be you, it's just it fits you perfectly okay listeners so if you you can't <laughs> see his face right now but i can um imagine like the most fresh tomato you've ever seen like that's what color his I face is right now yes, i am not are. that red <laughs> okay what's wrong with the crv come on and there's nothing wrong with the crv that's that's what i said nothing wrong with it fine car you'll love it why are you withholding right now like just just tell the people what you really know. think i don't know i just i think you belong in a mercedes-benz 
I, you know, oh, like a Mercedes or an Alpha, like that to me is Michael Moncton. Like, so first nice, of all, thank rich you. Leather, you really like leather. I Therefore, love leather. like having really good leather seats that smell nice when you get into them and feel comfortable when you sit down. Like mm-hmm. that to me is Michael Moncton. Every time I see you in a in, in something like a CRV, I just think like dorky lame they, they have rich leather in crvs listen they do they have, they have luxurious some great, leather they have some great artificial leather i'm sure you can get genuine leather in them mm. genuine leather mm. i'm not doing that because that's an upcharge but <laughs> by the way have you ever stuck your head in a like legitimate italian sports car yes, supercar with yes. leather Yes, like where I you have. smell like the real yes. Italian leather. They're, There's they're nothing wonderful. more intoxicating. I am not gonna. I agree with you. They're nice. They're amazing. I mean, I feel like a boss when you get in those cars. I, and, yes, and you are, absolutely. You are a boss. Therefore, but you deserve. This is true. you deserve a nice car. I'm not saying yes. it has to be a Lamborghini, but I but, also deserve a bank account, and I also deserve to like not have to worry about if something goes wrong with my car am i going to have to pay multiple thousands multiple g's or whatever the rappers call it pay some g's whatever the rappers call it. i don't know i'm not a rapper whatever i don't need, I, don't need to, I don't need to throw out some major cheddar okay to get this car fixed like i just i don't want to do it like i just don't they're awesome cars they're sexy cars i feel awesome and sexy in them but I will like find some rich friends who have those and they can pick me up and take me places. Mm-hmm. I just want a car that rolls that's comfy uh, and will get me from point A to point B and not break the bank. That's my okay. Thing. okay. So yeah, I, you can I mean, get with those cars and come uh, granted, pick me my, up. my perspective is coming from like years of being a like sales guy that traveled and drove a ton mm-hmm. of miles and having a luxury car, even though it was expensive to keep up to your point, it was just so nice to be able to have like, it's it's kind of like, like you look really like your house, nice and organized, right? Yes, you like coming home to a house that's really nice and clean and everything feels like it's in its place, right? When yes. you're, when you're in the middle of like the sales and the stress and everything to come back to a car that you just love, just it's a de-stressor. And it allows me to enjoy what I do because I'm sitting down into a nice leather seat and, you know, I know my music's going to sound great and I know uh-huh. that the drive is going to be right. fun. And if I need to punch it to that next appointment, I can do it. If I just want to cruise, I can do that too. So okay. that's, that's, that's why it matters to me and totally for all your desire 100%. for luxury and quality and things like that. It just surprises me that that isn't a value to you, but that's okay. Everybody's got their thing. You know, I, I try, that's why I try to buy my tongue. It's like, I know you don't care about my suggestions. Like <laughs> I'm just, I have opinions and I, and I just, you know, I, I love just, hearing your opinions. I mean, they're fun. Yeah. No, I mean, it just, it makes sense. I think it's what matters. We're getting so off topic. That's fine. I think it's what matters to you as a person. <laughs> and I have, I mean, I've, I've been independent forever I don't have a, you know, a, a double income household. It's always just been me taking care of myself. And so mm-hmm. my thought is I want security. Like, I just want to make sure that yeah. my car is going to, and I, I mean, until the pandemic, thank you, COVID, like having a car that would get me to work was my livelihood, right? Not so much anymore, yeah. but before 
I mean, if my car doesn't work, I didn't go to work, right? It was a whole thing. Right. So, right. you know, now I, I, now I, I get that. Yeah. I think like the idea of getting a brand new car was never something I thought about before just because of it is more expensive, right? You, you, you can pay less for a used car off the lot, but you'll have it for less time. And you'll probably have some maintenance. Whereas a new car costs a lot more upfront, right? However, mm-hmm. you can get financing and you can get something nice that will last you for a very long time. And so I, I'm in a new place when I'm trying to, to really build on that. And I've been looking at, you know, CRVs, they can pack in the genuine leather seats and the backup camera, Apple CarPlay, like all this stuff it has the automatic hitch on it. Like it's, I think that's what I'm going to go with. And everybody makes fun of me for it. But you know what? When your car breaks down, I will come and pick you up in my CRV. That's still running. You just tuned out. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Cause so I just did. don't agree. And, and I also, dude, I also drive a glorified Honda at the moment. Let's be honest. I'm driving an Acura. But you also have a Ford Edge, and right? I have a Ford Edge. So we're right. not we're not doing anything crazy. I'm not right. sitting over here going, oh, you should have luxury cars because they're the best. I know how expensive they can be. And Who hey, was there when we, you bought that Acura? Yeah, I know. You were. Yeah, I you helped there. me. You, you yes. were part of the influence. Again, why I was so confused as to why mm-hmm. you went off from going, oh, man, this is a great car to, I'm going to buy a CRV. Because I like, love watching other people spend lots of money when I don't have to. Like, that's... <laughs> That's mm-hmm. also like, I'll let you do it and I'll just keep my money to myself. But that's, yeah. that's yeah. I will support yeah. you. The challenge of a dual income household, too, is that when you make a purchase like that, um, the conversations are a lot different. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, uh, Honey, it's may not I? easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though it's like mostly my money, it's like, it's still mostly my money. It's not all my money anymore. So, how do we handle so that? What year did you buy that car? Oh gosh! I don't remember what it was. The 2015. It's uh, it's a 2007. I bought it. It Was after you got married. Yeah, it was after. I think it was like 2013 or 2014. I've had it for quite a while, and I'm gonna. I think it was because like that. I remember because you that car was still new when I like. You remember when we went? Well, new for the doorway and the dragon. Mm -hmm. Remember that. Yes, that was you not scared the then. crap out of me. <laughs> that was yes, a blast. That was a blast. That was fun. That was really fun. We should do it again sometime soon. <clears throat> that was fun. Mm-hmm. So there's this path. I forget what what's the area called again in Tennessee where this where the dragon is. Uh, well, it's near the Smoky Mountains, and yes. um, yeah. near the Great Smoky Mountains, it's around. Oh gosh, what is the name of that? Um, Fontana Dam, I think, is where it's near. Um, mm-hmm. It's between Tennessee and North Carolina, and we actually did a loop. We did the Cherahala Skyway up through and around the North Carolina. Then we came up the North Carolina side, hit the Dragon on our way back, and we came back down and back home. At it was a great loop, speeds. but we yes. didn't stop the entire drive, and that pushed no. my car to the brink. Oh, my gosh. We had to pull over because the tires were smoking. I remember that. Yep. No, the brakes. Yeah, the brakes were. So the brakes, the yeah, brakes were brakes smoking. smoking. Yeah, there, there were the random. Do you remember the dome light coming on randomly? Yes, we had no idea how that happened. Yeah, like yeah, mm-hmm. I was driving aggressively too. Yes, you were yeah. very aggressively, yeah. which was fun. I mean, it was yeah. fun. Yeah. My one complaint with my current car is it's the TL Type S, so it's the really sporty T 
TL. It's still the luxury, like top of the line for that car brand. Um, and it's their sport model. And it didn't have a stick. It was just automatic. And that was fine for my needs. Like, again, going back to luxury, like I could do what I wanted with it. It had flappy paddles if I wanted to shift the gears on my own manually. Yeah, flappy paddles. Go ahead and laugh, Michael. I know. Um, <laughs> that's that's something that they talk about on uh, Top Gear. Yeah. They call them flappy paddles all the time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, love, I love that term. I'm just going to keep using it. It's fun. But yeah, I had the ability to shift from the steering co- steering wheel if I wanted to. So that was fun. But like they they did something really weird where the automatic version was a five speed and the um, manual is a six speed. And that six speed transmission is just much better for everything. And so I think I kept that thing in like second gear, first or second gear, pretty much the entire time because the gears are so long with it just being a five speed. Mm-hmm. And having as much power as it did. So it's weird. But yeah. So like bringing us back a little bit. So moving through, yes. like up through the years, big part about our relationship is that. So I came out of the closet in 2015 and Chris was one of the first people that I told. And, um, you know, because again, we were part of this um, young adult Christian group. And that it was very mixed within that group, very mixed reactions to that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I had been through a lot before that. I went to a version of conversion therapy that I put myself through and uh, all of this. And, you know, I think I told Chris little details here and there, but maybe not the full story. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I remember remember when I told him and I, I had a whole formal thing that told most everybody else, but Chris and I were close enough where uh, I didn't give him the whole formal spiel. I was like, everybody else, I just kind of told him in the car one day and um, I'm, we were going, we we're going somewhere. And I, um, we out, I thought we were at a dinner somewhere. Like we, we actually went out and grabbed dinner and had a conversation. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. We did. yeah I, well, we, I remember we talked it about casual. it. Casual. You did bring it up yeah. casually. Yeah, it wasn't this formal. I actually wrote letters that I gave to people that I had them read. Yeah, um, you didn't have to do that with me. I think you knew. Yeah, exactly. I knew that. Again, this is why, you know, our friendship is interesting, right? Because this mm-hmm. is not every friend. And it definitely wasn't all of my friends. And it, it was special in that way. And because I knew that, I knew you'd have questions. I knew that you would um, probably have some concerns and, mm-hmm. and I didn't know exactly where you fell with the topic, but I knew where you fell with me as your friend. That's what mattered the mm-hmm. most. And which I really appreciated that. And, you know, your reaction was just what I thought it was going to be. It was, you know, you first of all showed just a lot of acceptance and you appreciated me sharing it with you and being honest about it. You were not surprised, even though... <laughs> Even though I thought I was so incredibly stealthy and so incredibly no. mysterious and, no. ooh, no one knows and all this stuff. It was like this big, like, you know, the pulling off of the blanket and revealing underneath the monster. No, it was like, okay, yeah, I knew. Like, really? You didn't think I didn't know? Right. It's, so to, to go along with that analogy of pulling off the monster, it's like, I have this monster to reveal under my blanket, but the blanket's only covering like half the monster. <laughs> 
Like, I, and the, Michael, I can see your feet. And the blanket's part see-through. Like, <laughs> like pretty, I mean, let's be honest. Come on. Yeah. Right. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's one of those but, braided blankets. <laughs> you can see through the, through the weaves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You did. You um, did a. Good, you did as good a job of hiding that as my toddler right. does hiding things for me. So, anyways, yes. continue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but it was just special. I remember that too. I'm just being, you know, one of the first people that I told, and mm-hmm. it was a very positive experience. It wasn't positive yeah. with everybody. Like there was some I'm that sure. was really that was really rough, and you know, mm-hmm. you you know, some of those people and some of those situations, and you know, um, that was special to me. And you know, you were one of the few friends that I've kept that's been very close um, after I left that group because I, mm-hmm. I kind of moved around and went to a different church branch for a while, and then left altogether. Um, when I formally came out and just kind of left it all and you were still mm-hmm. there and you, you're still here. And, yeah. you know, I just, I really appreciate that. And it's been you know, kind of, it, I loved our conversations because, you know, you, you have different viewpoints on certain things that we can talk about it. And there's never a lack of, you know, acceptance for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can still challenge each other and ask questions. And it's not this accusatory, I think you're wrong. You know, it's just it's very much of inquisitive of let me know more about that and we can share our own beliefs on it. They may they may differ, mm-hmm. but the relationship with the love that we have for each other as friends doesn't ever waver. And that's what's yeah. that's that's how that's how life should be. You should have friends like that that you communicate with, even though there may be differences, that there's still a core sense of connection and friendship, love and all of that. So Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what keeps us friends to this day is that we we know that deep down, like we care for each other as friends. And yeah, it goes beyond, you know, it goes beyond like your sexual orientation. And yeah, I mean, I care for you, man. Like yeah. we've we've been friends for a long time. And we yeah, getting all touchy feely now. Yeah. It's late. We're both tired. So we're probably a little emotional. But <laughs> yeah, man, like it, you know, like for me, it didn't it didn't surprise me. And it didn't phase me like I I am in that weird guy that apparently everybody comes out to um, or or um, there was a time in my life. I remember in high school where like people would just confide weird things in me and I'd be like, OK, thanks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I'm kind of kind of used to it by now and it doesn't really bother me. That's a good trait to have, though. It's a very good thing to have. Not everybody has yeah. it. Yeah. And well, I mean, you know, I think I I just it I mean, it bothers me how much people think that the natural reaction to someone coming out should be to push them away or, Mm -hmm. you know, to be uncomfortable. And, you know, to be fair, I've had times in my life where I've not been as accepting or not been as as understanding of someone who's different than me. And, you know, I feel bad for those times, like I mm-hmm. not being able to be, um, you know, understanding of someone because they are of a different religion or, you know, they believe a different way than me and being mean about it even. Yeah. Um, in some instances, like, you know, kept me from some good relationships in the past. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, frankly, I mean, at the end of the day, like it, it just it's taught me to be a better person. It's reminded yeah. me of like how I can be better. And I don't Mm -hmm. know, I think this is the better path. Like it's okay that we disagree on some of these topics and even, even the topic of homosexuality and things. I know we don't fully see eye to eye on and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Like, you know, we can have those disagreements and still be friends. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, 
Yeah. Well, it's I've always really enjoyed getting into these controversial topics with you because, mm-hmm. uh, like I was saying before, is that you know I always knew where we stood as friends and never questioned that, and we had some heated conversations, and and those are yeah. some of the best ones. Mm-hmm. You really get to know someone when the conversation gets deep and gets heated, um, but it, it never got to a point when our friendship was ever on the line. It was always mm-hmm. strong there, so that's that's really good. Um, and I hope that we continue to have that. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's almost like a picture of how I want America to be now because, you know, George Floyd happened and the Trump presidency and global pandemic. So many things have happened. And now, I mean, just today we've got, you know, the huge war from Russia on Ukraine, which is terrifying, right? All this stuff is going on in our world right now. And... America has kind of become divided a little bit. We bifurcated yeah. ourselves in, in, you know, Republican versus Democrat, conservatives versus liberal. Like it's become a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And what I'm not hearing a lot of is people like being secure enough in themselves and who they are and what they believe to actually have a conversation with someone on the opposite side that's still rooted in acceptance, love, while not backing down on their opinion, but still being able to listen fully and communicate to somebody else in a respectful way. I don't hear it a lot anymore. And it's yeah. sad. And I wish more people, not that you and I are perfect because we're not, no. but we would be a better country if we were better at this, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Having, having open dialogue and not just shutting people out because they disagree with you. Um, yeah. You know, I think that that happens quite a bit. I've got some friends that are ultra conservative and, you know, I think sometimes I'm hesitant to even be as true with them about who I am and what I, mm-hmm. you know, what I am, what I am, I am me, but, you know, but I'm, I'm sometimes hesitant to be as honest with them just because like, they're just going to shut me out. They're not going to pay attention to it. They're going to freak out about, yeah. you know, something along those lines. And yeah, you just can't, I'm with you. Like you as well said, we, we, we should be better as a nation with this, but we're just, yeah, we're we're yeah. polarized because of our media diets. And that yeah, was the thing I was exactly. talking about tonight, by the way, like coming into this conversation, I was telling Michael, like, dude, I'm I'm fired up. I'm hot. Like mm-hmm. I have um, I'm not even going to open it because I don't know what Pandora's box may have exploded. But that that friend group I was alluding to, mm-hmm. um, we have some pretty, pretty intensive chats because there are people in there that do disagree with them and push back and question why are you thinking these things? That's mm-hmm. kind of insane to be appreciating Putin at this point in time right now. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, that look. Yes. That's uh, what. Yeah. Don't get me started. I, I'm not naming names or anything, but it was just like crazy stuff. And I'm just like, you people just like, you know, what is your media diet? So one thing I've done, by the way, is I've got an old Twitter account, which nobody knows. Mm hmm. And it is perfectly set up to be the Twitter account that I can follow all the insane, crazy people on the right. So I have a, (laughs) I won't call it a safe space um, Mm -hmm. because somebody on the conservative side will be like, look at that snowflake, looking at all that stuff in their safe (laughs) space, you know, but (laughs) it's, it's a, it's a, it's a little container of insanity if I want to go look into it. And yeah. so, so this afternoon, like this evening, I was, I was pulling some stuff and I just want to tell you, like, this stuff is like present, like top of mind stuff. So I pulled a handful of tweets 
And I'll I'll read these off. These are not anybody that would be like, you're reading my social media type of commentary. But there was one person who shared, and this person's Twitter handle is TruthPatriot17, but the O is a capital Q. Oh, for Pete's sakes. <sighs> and they 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 Ugh. tweeted out thanks, Vlad, with an emoji with a mask over. Are it. you kidding me? And it's a picture of Vladimir Putin standing on his yacht, and it says <sighs> from somebody else, it's it's another tweet that says, I'd like to thank Vladimir Putin for ending the pandemic. That's one. Are you post. kidding me? Like this is okay. I just opened Ugh. up my Twitter account and I pulled these pulled these are the top tweets that I pulled out. And like I scrolled just a little bit to go down past like ads and, you know, like promoted tweets and stuff that were irrelevant, Mm -hmm. but tweets that were shared on my timeline, like within a few seconds of following just a handful of conservative people. um, This is what I get. Tommy Lauren, you know her? Oh, yeah. She was in the the blaze for a while. Mm -hmm. Super um, Mm -hmm. conservative pundit. Yeah. And yeah. Mm hmm. Breaking news in asterisks and all caps. Oh, our country has been invaded by over two million illegal immigrants in the last year. Perhaps we should defend our border before we fight battles for other nations. Just a thought. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you know, the, the thing, the thing about this I is can't like, stand her. like I, I'm just giving you a taste and I'm giving you all yeah. this taste for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, oh, yeah. Here's here's another one. This is from Mr. Blue 1776. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for this. Who's ready to arrest some corrupt politicians in Tarobang? You know, okay, so this reminds me. So in 2021, when the insurrection happened on January 6th against the Capitol, my boyfriend is really good at social media, much better than I am. And so he mm-hmm. found um it's called Parlor Lifeboat. It's this chat with these, because I think that was when. Oh, yeah. Parlor was, was shut down by Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Parlor got shut down, but there was, mm-hmm. there was a separate app that they migrated over to. And he found it. And there was this one chat stream called Parlor Lifeboat. And it was these same people in it. And we both, like you sent me a link to it, and I obsessed over it for a couple of weeks. And it was this thing where you could watch. It was like a live chat room, and you could also push a button and hear them talk. It was like a constant audio feed. You could mm-hmm. hear them talking occasionally. And, I mean, the things that, that I heard and read absolutely blew my brain because, like, people were talking about, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go buy a truck and strap it with guns. I'm going to take get cash out my 401k and all my investment right. accounts. And I'm going to pack my kids up and we're going to go live in the woods. And like, uh, like, I'm, and that sounds outlandish, but that's literally what I read. Like people were doing this. I mean, I mean, people say that after every election, but this is the first time, like it was probably people who thought, Oh my gosh, the government has my information. I better run. Um, well, but it's, it's also, it's, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all over the place, but the thing now is that, but I wasn't ever privy to it. Like I never paid attention. I was knew they were out there by the way telegram just on telegram mm-hmm. that's what it was yeah it was on telegram that's the new parlor right so i just i remember okay what i was saying is that i've i've never paid attention to this until this happened and i have told so many people i'm actually okay i'm glad it happened only for the reason that 
it exposed the ridiculous, crazy BS that's really in this country. Because a lot of people like me, you know, we know it's around us, but mm-hmm. we didn't really pay attention because it wasn't enough in our faces. They were kind of underground. You know, the whole George Floyd thing began. People began to come out of the woodwork, pandemic. People came out of the woodwork. And then this, yep. like, you literally see them now, like, like, a, like our video game originally, like, rushing towards a government building, ready to string up people with a noose and, like, invading and waving flags and, mm-hmm. I mean, doing all kinds of things. And, like, I'm watching this on the news like our capital being attacked and like officials being guns pointed at them. And it was just like, I can't believe it's happening, but I'm seeing it now. I realize this is what's there. And it actually makes me really work on being the person that we talked about earlier, that I'm going to speak my mind. Like, I'm going to say what I believe. Like, I'm not always done that. Like, I'm going to find a way to say my truth because I think it needs to be heard. Like we, we need to match the crazy with truth and yeah. people need to speak up and say what they think and be honest about it. And well, you, that's you the only way we can get anywhere. Now that, now that we've brought up truth, let me, let me finish my analogy. We'll, okay. we'll jump right back into truth. Please. The thing was when, when all this crap came up and I'm looking at this, like as I'm looking at this, someone, someone in the group is like, Hey, what would happen if I, you know, if we started shooting rockets, like how would we react if we started shooting rockets into Mexico right now? And I'm like, why would you think that? But I just saw this Tommy Lauren tweet that basically said, we need to think about the immigration. And I'm like, you wonder where they get those thoughts. Like we wonder where that stuff comes from. Like, look at the media diet you're consuming and question it. And like, even for me, like I have to question my own, like looking at this is making me go, who am I looking at? That's causing me too much rage and anger and frustration. And, And at the end of the day, I tend to talk a lot about about this stuff as like anger porn is what I call it mm-hmm. because that's what it is you're 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 getting some yep. dopamine enjoyment out of mm-hmm. the fact that you're looking at things that are making you angry and you look yeah. and you seek out content that makes you angry and the yeah. people producing the content and talking to you are constantly filling you with anger. So all you yeah. have is rage and that's why you see stupid shit happening in this country right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see people getting angry and going and attacking our state government or thinking that it's okay to pass these anti-gay transgender laws that they're doing in Texas and Florida and things like that, where it's like, Oh, we need to, we need to make sure these people can't do that. That's child abuse to those trans kids. And you know, we should tell parents, even if we know they're going to abuse their kids, we should tell their parents that they're gay. Like, who the hell thinks that's a safe idea? And it has been so hard for me not to like go off about that. Yeah. Even if you disagree with it, like there are ways to have reasonable rational conversations with mm-hmm. other people about it. That's yes. what we're doing here. Because it matters because what's going to happen as a result of this, teen suicide is going to go up yes. because of this. Yes. Like, and it's not just going to be Texas. Like, it's going to, like, there are other states that are looking at this bill and it's going to, like, I, I can't believe that this is happening. I, I think, think it's absolutely ridiculous. Even, even means, like, they can't talk about gay history, even things like the, no. the, sh- the, the, um, the shooting that happened. Correct. In Pulse Orlando. Yeah. They can't mm-hmm. talk about it. Like, it's nope. illegal to talk about in schools yep. now. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. So, uh, it's, I, so we, now we're getting heated. This is the good part of the conversation. It is a good part of the conversation. So, we should skip <laughs> so, like the, the editing, everything else except for this. Like, so today <laughs> is a good example of this. Okay. So, 
I had a really important doctor's appointment today. I took the day off of work because I wanted to focus on myself and kind of make some decisions for me. And so I kind of didn't go to work and kind of didn't do all the extra stuff. And I came home and I took a little bit of a nap, but that was really nice. And which I almost never do. And I just was just holding my phone. I thought, I should see what's happening with the Ukraine thing. And so I just... <laughs> Why did you do that to yourself? Right. But this is an example, right? So I'm laying there, and I actually did a good decision because I was reading the news. I was reading CNN, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to put the phone down. Like, I'm going to put it down because this isn't healthy. Like, I took today. I need to focus on myself. Um, I need to, like, rest so like I can be the best me I can be, right? So I'm going to put the phone down or I'm going to look at something else. I'm not going to dwell on this because, yes, is it important? Of course it is. I should know what's going on. However, I have to balance it and, and educate myself enough to be able to speak to it and have an opinion about it. But do it in a way that it doesn't need to consume all of me. And I guess part of that's in a way of like, weirdly privileged because I'm not we're not in the middle of the fire right so we can do that if you're in Ukraine you probably can't right now like you really can't (laughs) (laughs) I did I did see one reddit post today um where a guy was basically saying and it was really sad it was like on the subreddit off my chest he was saying like look we're in the middle of this we know what's coming we can hear the explosions Mm -hmm. today me and my best friend are getting drunk we are just drinking and we are having a day and tomorrow we're getting up and we're signing up for the army to go fight those are the types of conversations being had over there right now okay yeah that's some that's some serious stuff like it really is he's like i'll either come back a hero or a coward or i'll be dead yeah yeah, I mean, I was what I was looking at was this woman who was bunkered in a, I think it was an underground subway tunnel, mm. like just hundreds of people sitting under there because they were told like you gotta leave your homes and go yeah. sit here and wait in the cold. Mm-hmm. Like anyway, so the, the the point I was making is, I guess in a way it is a bit of a privilege because we're not in the middle of it, so I can turn it off. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel bad about it because. I'm still going to go back and understand what's going on. I still care about it, but Mm -hmm. I also have to balance myself so I don't get, pardon me being crass, a rage boner about this, right? It's to just be like constantly obsessing over to the point when my mind is consumed. um, I'm putting my own mental health aside to obsess over this because I I can do that. Like I've done that for many, many other things. I'm trying to be better. It's a struggle, but I'm trying. Yeah. And I think to your point, you know, we think about keep calm and carry on. You see those signs everywhere oh, in those yeah. t-shirts and stuff. And at this point, it's just passe. But originally, and this is from Wikipedia, keep calm and carry on was a propaganda poster produced by the British government. And propaganda just meaning like, you know, the government's mm-hmm. marketing. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's all propaganda. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but poster produced by the government in preparation for World War Two. And it was intended to keep morale, raise morale of the British public. You know, with all the air attacks of the Germans and everything else, mm-hmm. which is the same thing that they're facing in in Ukraine right now. And yeah. I think that, you know, we're wise to, you know, to an extent, kind of keep that same attitude of like, keep calm and carry on. I'll be I'll be honest, like I've been doom scrolling a lot. It's been hard to focus on right. anything today, anything the past, mm-hmm. you know, week or so. Like I, I did such a diligent job finding good journalists on Twitter for a long mm-hmm. time. 
yeah. that I say a good job. I think I've done it. I like, I found a good collection of sources that give accurate information. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, several of those are like international sources that have just kind of been in the background pinging information from time to time. And all of a sudden they were posting about Russian troop movements all over in like, this is months ago and I'm seeing all this stuff going, huh, I wonder what's happening there. Oh, they're Mm -hmm. getting closer to Ukraine. Like they're what's going on. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, the war happened and now they're posting all the, the assaults and everything. It's like, holy crap. It's just like, you know, like, but we, we, at some point, like it is like, it's just anger porn for us too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's it really just is. that, it's that addiction to watching other people's pain. And that sounds awful. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about like, it's a very American thing too, by the way, like oh, getting, getting in a traffic jam. And the only reason the traffic is slow is because there's an accident on the other side of the freeway. Yes. Like yeah. rubbernecking is like very american because when i'm in other countries like i remember the dominican republic like explicitly like um seeing a truck tip over like physically blocking some of the road did mm-hmm. not stop traffic traffic just flew right, right around just it. kept going yeah. nobody cared everybody kept driving and like in america that would have been like a five-hour backup and right. they'd be waiting on yes. the trucks and then everything would still move slow once they were getting it fixed. Yeah. And, I mean, that, you know. that's how the whole toilet yeah. paper COVID thing happened because like one, yes. like, like someone, I don't know who it was. I really want to figure this out, but uh, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. It's, so it's, some, all, it's big TP. Big TP's yeah, well, behind yeah, it. Yeah. Like, cause there's nothing about COVID has to do with your rear end. <laughs> like, like nothing, like it's not how that works, but somehow we had a huge rush on toilet paper to the point when I had to like go on Amazon and back order a roll of Charmin, I had to have my parents send me a pack of toilet paper in the mail, like literally because I couldn't get any and that. for no reason. And that's yeah. then the whole thing with the, the meat shortages and like all this stuff. It was just, I get the, some of that has to do with suppliers were shut down because of yeah, COVID, yeah, meat, I get it. Meat's still an issue if you're, if you're looking for meats, um, right. depending but, on where you're at. But it's just like, you're, to your point, we have this obsessive, everybody rush to conclusions and do the most drastic thing. Mm-hmm. I think part of it comes from good intentions. Part of it comes from, we do feel like as Americans, we have power over situations, right? Like we, if, if we can free Britney, right? We can, we can, we can, we can, <laughs> right? we can do yeah. so many things, right? And, you know, our, we have so much power, you know, on our phones right now. Like we, we know we have power now. And so we will do it, but we we have to, well, I I guess when like social media influence stuff like that's what I mean. So we do and we don't. So to your point, I agree. We have power with social media to be able to call out and make noise, but we don't actually have power. And that's one of the reasons like cancel culture has become a thing has been because their democracy is kind of dying, dude. Yeah. Like, and that's, and when you, when you look at like, and I'm pulling like from memory, but like, there's some articles I read a while back on this of like, part of why cancel culture exists is because the people are losing the power at the voting booth. Like they don't feel like they have the power they once did to vote a good person into office that will actually take care right. of their choices and their vote. And yeah. so when they can't vote that person into office, then they're just going to get on social media and complain and shame and push until they get their way. And so if they can't cancel that person out by 
shaming them, then they're left with very little options and then they're truly powerless. But right now we at least have social media to push and that's becoming the replacement for democracy to some degree. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that makes complete you know, sense. It's a bit of an ex- it's a bit of an extreme analogy, but it's it's what a lot of people I think feel. The other thing I think personally is that that it's the um the fallout of Christianity in America too. Like there's this moral hole. If you look at oh, how yeah. if you look at Donald Trump and what he did to morally what he did to our country, like he became a president who lied. Most, you know, most lies of any president, I think, ever in office and um, like direct lies that could be fact checked. No, that's bullshit lies. Like he was the guy. And that was that was held as the integrity of the party of family values. And when you have that kind of a, you know, hey, I'm a Christian, but I listen to the guy who's a womanizer and who has irrefutable evidence of having cheated on his wife who just had a child like and that's my guy as a christian like i don't think i'm going to be listening to that group for advice very much anymore exactly and yes, so that makes complete you sense. know if, if there's if there's that lack of a moral compass then something fills the void and what fills the void are these people that feel wronged and harmed and you know have their own morals and their own truths and it comes back to the truth like you were saying your truth like it's just i don't know i could get really off i'm getting way down on a tangent here, so i'm <laughs> we sorry both are. Yeah, we like, both are but i'll just finish with this like if it's my truth versus your truth then where is the ultimate truth and that that becomes the mm-hmm. big question that yeah. I, I will leave unanswered for this conversation, but it, it's definitely worth exploring as we go. Yeah. Like people living their truth is fine. Like, you know, but it's just funny to me that you hear live your truth all the time. And then Donald Trump comes out with this app called Truth. Oh, my gosh. Media yes. Or something like that. And it's all about t- instead of tweeting, you share your truth. And if other people share your truth, like it's literally an app that basically enables people to have subjective views of reality because that's all any of this is right yeah apparently yeah exactly what it is but but you know being lgbt or being anything in that field well you can't you can't have that subjective reality it's only my subjective reality about my political situation that matters i love it when you get country by the way like that was that was like a beautiful country accent like that was very well done Mm mm-hmm it just really, yeah, good job. It really got your point across. You. I love it when you do that. It's one of my favorite things about you. When you, <laughs> you, you get real Tennessee on it. No, I, love I do, it. I do. <laughs> well, okay, so that kind of brings us full circle to the point we were making before is the whole idea of truth. People can have different interpretations of what the truth is. And I think, I don't have all the answers, but the answer I do have is this. Whatever you are thinking, your truth is, right? Be, I'm going to just be blunt about it. Be man or woman enough, woman up, man up, whatever you are or whatever, you know, and be strong enough to listen to somebody else whose opinion is not yours. Yes. Accept their opinion, allow open space for it. You don't have to agree with what they're saying. You don't have to. I think true strength is shown with people who are able to listen fully and deeply to somebody else they do not agree with, be able to understand and respect their viewpoints, 
but then be able to challenge and say, well, this is what I think mm-hmm. and do it in a way that's respectful, but still maintaining your own truth. Mm-hmm. So, and that again, just ties into the theme of kind of our relationship is that we've done this so well together yeah. throughout the past, you know, 11 years of our friendship. And, you know, I want that to continue. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, we could go into world war three and who knows what's going to happen. Right. But, yeah. you know, I think that's what is beautiful about our relationship and what makes our relationship that could be ordinary, but what makes it interesting, right? I'm trying to, trying to bring us home here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. right, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. And that's why, you know, I hope that our listeners can hear, you know, the connection that we have as friends is built off of that. It's built off of when we speak, we listen, we respect, we don't always agree, um, right. but it doesn't impact how we feel about each other as people and the support that we have for one another as friends and as people and as, you know, all of that. So who was a lot of rambling for one point. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, I feel very strongly exactly. about Exactly. Like, you know, I mean, we don't agree on everything. Like even even our understanding of LGBT issues are on different sides of the scale. But as you've heard tonight, like it bothers me that people are doing this. Like as a Christian, I don't think that's how you treat people. Period. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you agree with that from a biblical or moral standpoint. Like, there's still a point at which that is a human being, and you're putting them in danger, yeah. or you are you are not allowing them to you know live their lives. If your if your truth is that you know Donald Trump is still the president, then why why does it matter to you that their their truth is any more relative to reality than yours is? And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm just saying like. That's the argument that I see yeah, a lot of people it making, is. and it's like, yeah. it's just a hypocritical thing to do, and they just, they're blind to it, and they just want to fight you, think you're mad. So, anyways, I digress. But, yeah, I think that's a good place to land for the night. We've, yeah, I agree, we've too. Gone, we've gone for a while, and I, I think hour and 24 minutes. you know, for a I solo do, episode. I do like, agree. Could I don't some remember what all we but... talked about at this point, but... <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, I'm tired, but, but it was good. All right. So thank you for listening, guys. This was just a really good episode. We just wanted to come back and just have some dialogue and talk a little bit about our relationship and what makes us interesting and all of that. It has been a while since we gave you an episode. So when we come back next time, uh, we're going to bring some interesting things that we've observed, interesting people, things just to talk about, and we're going to keep it going. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you found this show interesting... And we know that you did, or you wouldn't have made it up to this point. Then be sure to follow us on your podcast player of choice and leave us a review. We really hope it's five stars. If it is five stars, we'll read your comment on our next episode. Also, be sure to keep up with the latest show at oi-pod.com. And you can follow me on all the social platforms at Christopheles. And you can follow me at theyoungmonk87 on Instagram. Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Is that, yeah, last time you had it as something different. So, yeah, yeah I'm just confused. You know, I got to keep you on your toes. I know, just like your cars. <laughs> Dude, I'm so tired. I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't even know what to say or do. I'm so exhausted. My dog has been asleep for like four hours. I'm so jealous. Uh, well, let's go get some sleep. This has been a fun one. <laughs> has been fun. <laughs> All right, man. See you, see you next time. See you.